That's right. We are live back in action, attacking your speakers from the field to the bleachers. It's the Power 32 podcast, and my name is Jason Fearman, and P32 is presented by the Sports Column and brought to you by Reebok, the Reebok deal of the week. Get Reebok Rewind Run Shoes for just $39.99 with code Rewind at checkout. Go to 33podcast.com, click on the link, take you right to it. Shop for that. The new AIs are out. A lot of Reebok outerwear, great gear, all that beautiful stuff. All you got to do is go to 33podcast.com. Let us take care of you over there. Hey, guys, we are here for a special episode. It is NFL Week 4. For the first time, we're doing the betting lines on the Power 32 podcast. Straight up betting lines to spread, not necessarily the winner or the loser. And again, I'm not a professional. I'm not here to tell you who to bet. This is just who I think. I'm not endorsing it, promoting it, I'm not saying go out and gamble, especially on my behalf, on my picks. But I do think I know what I'm talking about a little bit over here. So for those of you listening and you'd like to take advice, go right ahead. I got my gambler's hat on right now and I'm ready to go. So here we are. We're not going to waste any time. We're going to get right into it. But I do want to thank William Phillips again, as always, for the intro. That's a beautiful thing. Looking forward to 33 podcast again coming up this Wednesday night with Tricky Nikki Gist and Damian Adams. It's going to be a beautiful thing. What wasn't beautiful was what happened at Tua. That was really scary. Tua Tagovailoa, as we all saw on Thursday night football against the Bengals, the Miami Dolphins quarterback, just a terrifying scene. And of course, you know, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because we all know what's going on. And it goes back to the week prior, again, against the Buffalo Bills, where we saw him go down, and it was a horrible look. He got up, he stumbled, and there was clearly something wrong there, whether it was concussion, his back, spine, neck, whatever it was. And that came to fruition that Thursday night game against the Bengals, where he didn't even seem to get hit that hard. But just the fact that he did get hit in a certain area where his entire fingers and hands and arms cramped up to where he looked like, and I'm not trying to be funny, he looked like a skeleton. It was one of the scariest things. Thank God right now we're hearing good news that he is okay. You know, he did leave the hospital and he did travel home with the team, which I find a little strange, but I mean, that's a good sign. And he himself said he's feeling much better and looking forward to returning to the football field. So he's already got that in mind. He is a true warrior, a true football player. I hope he comes back to the field, but only as a healthy football player. Do not rush this man back. I think that he's shown that he can lead this team. They were 3-0 going into this game, and before he went out, they were right there. I think the score was 14-12 to against Cincinnati. So, again, this is a stacked team, and Tua has been showing that he can do it. He's leading the league in a whole bunch of categories, right up there with Lamar Jackson. So um, let's hope that he returns and he's healthy. Uh, but, again, health, absolutely the most important thing. Um, important to you guys right now, NFL betting lines. Let's get to them. First game is in London. All right, we have the Vikings against the Saints. The Vikings are laying three points. The Saints are supposed to be the home field team. I don't think that really makes a difference when you're playing in London, obviously. Wembley Stadium is going to be packed on 100,000 people. They see it over there. So they'll be cheering back and forth for everybody. But nevertheless, the Vikings are favored three points, and I do like Minnesota actually to cover that. I do expect a close game, but you know what? Michael Thomas is out this week. That's a big deal. Alvin Kamara and Jarvis Landry, both questionable. They may not play. Jameis Winston may not even play. He probably will from what I'm hearing, but he's banged up too. So we're talking about major pieces 
on the offense right here. You're going to have to rely on Chris Olave, a rookie. It, that's not a <laughs> that's not a good look for New Orleans right now. That's a problem. And Taysom Hill also being hurt. Big issues right now in Minnesota. Yeah, they got a lot of firepower. Again, they're very inconsistent. They came back against Detroit last week after being down points um, in the fourth quarter. But uh, defensively, yeah, they are okay. They're nothing special, but they're not going to have to be anything special in this game against uh, in this game against New Orleans. You know, I really don't think so. They had a tough time scoring. They didn't look good against Carolina. It's just a bad look right now overall. For New, uh, for New Orleans. So I'm going to take Minnesota laying the three points. They should probably win this game by a touchdown, maybe even more. But you can't expect the Saints defense to hold them uh, somewhat decently. So, you know, maybe even think about taking the under in that game. I don't think there's going to be a lot of points, maybe a 2017 type of game, something like that. Next, we got the Cleveland Browns, who are going to Atlanta. The game is in Atlanta. The Falcons are... One-point underdogs at home. I do love underdogs at home, but it's only a point, and Cleveland is much better. Look, the Falcons are not good on either side of the ball. I do like Drake London. I like Kyle Pitts, but Marcus Mariota is not a guy who can get the ball then consistently, and he hasn't been doing that with Pitts, which is a problem. I mean, that's a guy that you drafted really high last year and has a lot of potential. You need to get him the football. Cordero Patterson is going to be hurt this game if he plays at all. You know, he's questionable going in. So at, you know, at best, you're going to get maybe 50, 60 percent of him, which is not a good thing because he's one of your best offensive weapons as well. So we're talking about a big problem. And the biggest factor here is the Browns are better on the offensive side and defensive side of the ball. And I'm talking about the line of scrimmage in particular. Now, Cleveland is going in a little hobbled over here on the defensive line with Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney, both questionable. So that is an issue. But nevertheless, Cleveland with Jacoby Brissett, Nick Chubb especially, they're showing they can get the job done. And the Falcons are definitely an inferior team. Yes, they are at home, but that isn't always going to get the job done. I like the Browns minus one point. So look for the Browns to cover, in my opinion. The next game is really interesting. We got the Baltimore Ravens hosting the Buffalo Bills, and the Ravens are home dogs, which you do not see very often. And that is only because they are playing the Buffalo Bills, especially coming off that ugly, tough Hot, sweaty, nasty, disgusting loss in Miami. Just, man, I mean, again, I said it on third and three. Josh Allen was so tired after that game, he put his head onto his shoulder and basically was trying to take a nap. He was so freaking tired. I mean, just terrible. Gosh. So they, look, Miami looked like they may have suffered a little bit from it on a short week. Let's see how Buffalo does recovery after 90 plays on offense. All right. Um, but Lamar's been playing like an MVP. And you know what? I picked him to be MVP at the beginning of the season. Right now, I'm very damn proud of that. That's a bet that I like going in um, so far with the odds that I got on that one. He has been absolutely lights out throwing and running the ball. Uh, but both squads are banged up on the defensive side, especially. And we know Buffalo's having their issues there right now. So Lamar could exploit that if we've seen Devin Duvernay come on somewhat and, you know, Rashad Bateman. So it's quite surprising Um a little bit because we didn't think we were going to get much out of these guys, but Lamar's putting the ball on point. Um, all that being said, I think that Buffalo still is probably going to take this one, but I do like Baltimore to cover. It's three points. Look, at worst, you're going to get a push over here, okay? Maybe you can find a line that has three and a half. I think it started at three and a half, so if you got that in, I think that's a really good bet. I think Buffalo might win by a field goal, maybe less, but I think the safe bet here is Baltimore plus three. So I would take them. And a little bonus bet for you guys, 
Again, I think a lot of points are going to be scored. We got Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson. They both can run. They both can throw uh, over 51 points. I would kind of like lock that one in. That's one of my really good locks for this week. Uh, this next game is a real tough one to pick. Commanders are getting three points in Dallas against the Cowboys. Divisional games are always weird. And this game is really going to come down to how Carson Wentz plays. If he can get the ball to Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel on a consistent basis, they're going to be pretty good. And I need people to pump the brakes on this whole Cooper Rush thing over here. Let's not get carried away. It's not like he's lighting up the score. But look, they beat the Giants and they beat the Bengals who, you know, again, they have not been looking good at all. And they didn't even look that great in that Thursday night game, to be honest. If Tua had stayed in that game, I believe Miami Dolphins would have actually won. So um, being that the betting line is only three points, Vegas seems to like Washington in this game because, as we all know, the golden rule is the home team gets three points. Well, Dallas is the home team, and they're only favored by three points. I got to tell you, I like Washington in a straight-up upset. I think they win the game in Dallas, as a matter of fact, and guys like Antonio Gibson and McLaurin do show up. Maybe a Logan Thomas sighting. I don't know if we're going to get that, but I think Wentz plays a good game. Um, I'm going to take the three points against Dallas. All right. Uh, so the commander's right there. Next, we go to Detroit and Seattle. Ooh, not the prettiest game that people are going to want to see. Detroit right now is favored three and a half, and it would have been more in the Motor City if not for Amon Ross St. Brown being out. That's a big deal. Josh Reynolds even banked up a little bit. So who are they going to rely on? TJ Hawkinson. Because you know who else is out? DeAndre Swift. So Jamal Adams is going to be heavily relied upon in the running game. Honestly, guys, I would not touch this game. I'm, I'm telling you right now. This is one of those games Seattle may even win straight up. Now, I don't believe that's going to happen. I still think that Goff, believe it or not, can get the job done. And I think Hawkinson can play a vital role in this game. And Jamal Williams, run, 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 run. I like Detroit, even laying three and a half in Detroit because Seattle really is no good. They may get a few plays to DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett possibly down the field, but I really don't think we're going to see much explosion. Their run game is a big question mark. So you know what? The game, I would not touch it, but the Lions hopefully learned a lesson from last week where they were up 10 points, like I mentioned earlier, against Minnesota, and they went ahead and just freaking blew it. They went for it on a fourth and one where they could have kicked the field goal to go up by three scores did not do it. The Lions need to learn how to win. This is a good game to do it, hosting the Seattle Seahawks. Next, we go to the AFC South, where the Titans are getting three and a half in Indianapolis. And I really like the Titans in this game, especially that it's three and a half, where if Indy just wins by a field goal, you still win. And I think it's going to come down to probably a field goal game either way. I'll tell you, I, I like the Titans straight up. Now, neither team has looked good this season. They both are going to rely heavily on their run games, and why not? you got the two best in the game, probably in Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor. So they're going to go head-to-head. But which quarterback is going to make more plays? Which wide receiver is going to make more plays? That's the question. Who's going to get the ball in the end zone? Now, the Colts are going to be probably without DeForest Buckner and Darius Shaquille Leonard in this game. Now, if they do play, they're going to be really banged up, and that's definitely a problem. So you can look for Derrick Henry to exploit that or the Titans' offensive run game to exploit that in a way, and then Tannehill being able to work off a play action. So that is extremely possible. And again, these divisional battles are very, very tricky. So you know what? I like Tennessee plus three and a half. And to me, 
I think they actually win the game outright. But take three and a half. Next, we got a boring game and another one that you just don't want to touch as the Chicago Bears going to East Rutherford, New Jersey to play the New York Giants. Yep, I know that's still always confusing. And they are the Giants are laying three points. Um, I think the G-Men are coming back down to earth a little bit, and they have no wide receivers to speak of at all. It has been the Saquon Barkley show, and then Daniel Jones runs once in a while. I don't trust this team right now. I know they look good for a couple of weeks, but they came back down to earth at Monday night against the Cowboys and Cooper Rush only being able to put up 16 points. Look, they are depleted again at wide receiver. Evan Neal is having problems. Their rookie right tackle right now. Defensively, we know they're nothing really to speak of. So I think that the Chicago Bears can come out on top in this game because they got two guys that are going to give this offensive line absolute fits, and that's Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn had 18 and a half sacks last year. That guy is still a monster, somebody you have to double team. So the Bears can definitely win that battle. And again, the line of scrimmage is where it all begins, guys. So if they're getting pressure up front and being able to disrupt the pass game, being able to get and make sacks on Saquon Barkley behind the line of scrimmage, we're going to see Chicago being in a lot of good situations where the Giants are in unfavorable situations, being in third and 13s and things like that. I think that Justin Fields makes enough plays. I know David Montgomery is out, but Khalil Herbert looked very good in his absence last week when Montgomery went out early in that game. Um, Herbert's a very good player. He really is. So I don't think they're really going to miss a beat in the run game. Again, offensively, Chicago, (laughs) you know, they're handicapped. They really are. There's no doubt about it. But I would look for Justin Fields to be able to make enough plays and Khalil Herbert in the run game to make enough plays and the defense to maybe cause a couple of turnovers that might be the factor when it's all said and done. Again, defense is an extremely important part of this game because we know the offenses are not going to do nothing. Now, in this next game, the offenses are going to do a lot of things, and this could be a very high-scoring battle as the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are red hot right now, go into Philly to play the Eagles, where the Eagles are favored six and a half points. Okay, six and a half, that's an interesting number. So when you look at it from that perspective, it seems like Vegas wants you to bet the Philadelphia Eagles because they're saying, well, people would think, well, they'll win by a touchdown. That's seven points. That covers the six and a half. To me, that's a sneaky one, man. It really is. But I have to look at the game as it is and the players as they are and the team as they're constructed. Jacksonville definitely is coming in hot. And what a culture change, man. Doug Peterson coming in there, he was exactly the right guy. And we all said it on third and three that he is absolutely the right dude. But Philly, on the other hand, looks like almost unbeatable. Now, some people say, yeah, well, whatever. They beat, uh, you know, Washington Commanders. And, you know, who did they really take care of? They didn't really have any tests yet, you know, as far as, it, uh, you know, everything's concerned. But you know what? They played Minnesota. And Minnesota's a pretty good team. And they shut them out. <laughs> I mean, they only scored a touchdown, Minnesota, in that game. So Philly killed them on that Monday night or in that in that doubleheader, if you remember. Um, this game is really tough. Six and a half points. Gosh, I'm really, really leaning toward the Jaguars because I think they can keep it close. But then again, Philly at home, playing it, man, playing some of the best football that you can play right now. Yeah, they can win by a touchdown and maybe more. So you know what? I feel iffy about it, but I would lay the six and a half points uh, and I would take Philly in that game. But then again, it's probably not one that I'm going to bet personally. So beware. The warning signs are out there. Next game we have is maybe the snoozer of the week where we got the Steelers hosting the Jets. They're only favored three and a half points. Um, I thought it would be a little bit more. Zach Wilson returns in this game. 
So he hasn't had really anything going on, very minimal amount of practices. He's been, you know, recovering. Um, this is, again, it's going to be quite a boring game. I do like, look, for the Jets, I like Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. They're two rookies that they brought in on the offense. Um, I like what they're doing. Let's see if Wilson can get them the ball. As for the Steelers, I'm looking for a big game out of Najee Harris. And you know what? I think Mitch Trubisky is going to have a pretty good day, too, getting outside the pocket, finding Deontay Johnson, tight end Pat Fryer move, getting the ball on the move, maybe even Claypool if he's healthy. I'm not even sure. i got to check on that. But they can move the ball down the field. And you know what? Their rookie, too, George Pickens, not bad at all. Really good player. Try to get him the ball more. I think the Steelers win this game 23-13. So I think they cover. And uh, as a bonus, I'll tell you that the game will go under. When you see an under at 41 and a half, you know that that is going to be a low-scoring game. So even a 2017 victory gets you the win. My 23-13 final score, which could happen, that gets you a win also. Go with the under on that one. Go with the under there. Let me get a sip of water. We got Texans at Chargers next. Now, the Chargers have looked awful, and Jacksonville embarrassed them at home. Chargers get another crack at it against the Houston Texans, who are getting six points in this game. Uh, Where's the offense going to come from right now? And can the defense stop the run? Can Damian Pierce for the Texans rookie have a big game at running back? Uh, Yeah, he could, because they're having the same problems as last year. They can't stop the run again. They can't stop anything, actually, because Trevor Lawrence had a field day against them. And again, this Brandon Fairley character... Brandon Staley, but I'm going to be calling him Brandon Fairley as I've been calling him since week two or three of last year. He's already on the hot seat and deservedly so. They need to get Austin Eckler the football. There's your offense. Guy scored 20 touchdowns last year, receiving and running. He is an ultimate weapon. With Keenan Allen out, you've got to get this guy the ball more. more. Mike Williams does not run a whole lot of routes, okay? Now, all in all, I think the Chargers are certainly a better team. They're not a better coach team. Lovey Smith is definitely a better coach than Brandon Staley. There ain't no doubt about that. But I'm going to take the Chargers based on talent alone, 20 to 17. So I don't think they cover. I would take the Texans and the points. Who knows? They may sneak out a win. Maybe LA really is not ready. But I think that you go ahead and you take the six points that Houston is getting in this game. They may not win, but I like them to cover the spread. Next game is another one that just makes you want to bang your head against the wall. That's Arizona against the Carolina Panthers. Now, the game is in Carolina, and they are only favored by a point, which lets you know that Vegas, once again, they like the road team in this game. They like Arizona. So do I. Arizona plus one. I like them to win outright. Look, they're not a good football team either right now at all. They just aren't. But you know what? Neither is the Panthers. Neither of these teams are good football teams at the moment. They just aren't. So who's going to come out on top? I look at Baker Mayfield. I look at Kyla Murray, two former Heisman winners. I think Kyla Murray is the better player. He's the better quarterback overall. So I think that he'll make more plays for his team in order to get that victory in this matchup of one and two teams. And again, a major factor is that Christian McCaffrey is hurt. He's questionable. He may not play, and if he does, he will not be 100% nowhere near it. And he is their ultimate weapon on offense right now because Baker Mayfield has not figured out how to get DJ Moore the ball consistently. 
And for that matter, even Robbie Anderson. So I don't see them scoring a bunch of points, even against a weak Arizona defense without McCaffrey being in there. Take Arizona, take the point, probably to win outright on the road. Next game is in, man, a lot of points. This line is I've seen at nine, nine and a half, ten, ten and a half. And that would be the Packers hosting the New England Patriots who are going to be without Mac Jones. Is that as big a deal because Brian Hoyer's coming in? He's a seasoned vet. I don't really know as much, but I do know that the Patriots have a hard time moving the football into the end zone. They're pretty good between the 20s, but they have a problem in the end zone. And that's going to be a problem against the Green Bay Packers who look like they have a top five defense right now. I don't have the stats in front of me, but they're a top five defense. They're playing great. They shut down Brady last week. Yes, Brady. And I'll get to the Bucks game actually in a couple of minutes over here. Depleted with his wide receivers. They didn't have Mike Evans, Godwin last week. Nothing like that. But uh, Green Bay is going to start coming to their own. Remember last year, everybody freaked out when the Saints beat them week one. You know, Green Bay lost week one to Minnesota this year. But now they're two and one. Aaron Rodgers is back-to-back MVP. They have Aaron Jones. They have A.J. Dillon. They're going to keep using those guys. Nine points I got. Even if it were 10 points, I know it's a lot, but lay it. Lay the nine, lay the 10 points, even the 10 and a half. I got this game at about a 27 to 10 game, which easily covers. So look for Green Bay to win this game outright easy, laying nine, laying 10, whatever you got. And I know it's a lot of points, but I would take it. I'm going to bet it. All right. We got an AFC West battle right now. We got the Broncos against the Raiders. Okay, the Broncos are getting two and a half points. The game is in Vegas. Interesting, only two and a half points. Vegas, smart on this one. You want to know why? Denver Broncos, as putrid as they've looked offensively, they have a better offensive line. They have a better defensive line. They're better at the line of scrimmage. That is my golden rule. That is why Denver will win this game. So take the points. Denver's going to win outright. Vegas is 0-3. I know they are going crazy. They are dying for a win right now. There's no question. And they got a lot of talent, but it's not working out. It's just not working out right now. And maybe, just maybe Josh McDaniels, again, just not the guy. Just not the guy. Things are not working out right now. There's too much talent over there for them not to be putting up 25, 30 points a game. They're not doing it. The Broncos defense They are tough. They are stingy. They're not going to let the Raiders just go up and down the field on them. It's not going to happen. So, again, the game won at the the line of scrimmage. Take the Broncos plus two and a half in Vegas against the Raiders. And, again, they may just win outright. Look, they've already won two games, and nobody knows how they did that. Look for them to win another. All right. We're going to go to Sunday Night Football now. we got two more games left to talk about. The Chiefs are a half-point favorite. And this line has been moving around a little bit. Tampa at one point I think was a favorite. But Chiefs are a half-point favorite, which basically means all they have to do is win the game because there's no half points in football. <laughs> okay, so they're playing the Bucs um, in Tampa Bay. Now, Tampa's been taken out of their routine. And let's be honest, routine is important in football. You have your practice weeks, you know your times, you know when you're off. Uh, they had to go to Miami and practice. All right, It's not like they had to go to another country, but they had to go to Miami and practice and come back, and now they're going to play the game in Tampa when they were unsure when it could have been played at Minnesota at one point. So that is a factor, whereas Kansas City didn't have to deal with any of that. And the Bucs are just too banged up right now. Yeah, they're getting Mike Evans back from his one-game suspension, but the rest of the wide receivers, they're all questionable. Godwin, 
probably not going to play. Uh, Russell Gage, maybe he's going to play. You know, Scotty Miller, you know, whatever. They, Cameron Brait is pretty much all you got. It, it's it's a wreck. And their defense is the only thing been holding them together. And they're going to have a little issue right now. Is their anchor, Akeem Hicks, is going to be out on the D-line. And he's a big fella, and he's been doing a great job. And now you don't have him. So you know what? The Chiefs, they're no slouch at all, man. Look, they had an ugly loss last week against Indy. You know they're going to come out, and they are going to be on fire. Those first 15 scripted plays, I can almost guarantee you right now, even against a good Tampa Bay defense in Tampa Bay, that they're going to score on their first drive. And I think they'll keep the momentum going all the way through. Patrick Mahomes, again, if not the best, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, in my opinion, he is the best, maybe just a hair over Josh Allen. I like him. Um, But again, with all that being said, I am going with the Chiefs laying just a half a point. So all again, all they have to do is win the game outright on this Sunday night. All right. So again, that whole routine factor, big deal. Uh, To me, the only way that Tampa Bay wins this game is if Leonard Fournette goes crazy and has a great game, kind of like the way that he did in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago when Tampa did beat uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Ironically, that game was in Tampa Bay, Uh, you know, first team to actually win it in their home stadium, followed by the Rams who did it the year after. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Just kind of a weird stat. Uh, Speaking of the Rams, they are playing the 49ers, my 49ers, on Monday night football and they are a two-point underdog. Might be scratching your head and wondering why that's the fact. Well, Kyle Shanahan has had a lot of success against Sean McVay. He's had his numbers over the past three years, man. He's had his number, man. So, yeah, well, except in that freaking NFC Championship game last year, which, quite honestly, we should have, could have won that game. Dropped interception by Chikorsky Tart. God bless his heart, man. But, damn. Could have won that game also and been in the Super Bowl. And you know what? Who the hell knows what would have happened? Who freaking knows? I think we could have beat the Bengals. You know what the Rams did? And that's, again, excuse me, who we are playing. Got to see George Kittle become more part of the offense. Jimmy's not getting him the ball. They're not using Debo even enough. Forget about the backfield. Throw him more slants. Throw him more hitches. Brandon Ayuk is not getting enough targets. They got problems, man. And look, they're going to have to run the ball really well in order to win this game. I don't think they can do it. I'm a Niner fan. I'm telling you right now, I don't think they can. The Rams are just better. I don't even think the Rams are that good of a football team this year. I really don't know. They're a playoff team, yeah, almost by default because of the way that things look in the NFC and in that division where the Niners are now slumping, Arizona slumping, Seattle slumping. So the Rams are in really good shape because they have a lot of great pieces around. They don't have a lot of depth, so they need to stay healthy right now. They're healthy enough where Cooper Cup is probably going to have his way with our cornerback, Traverius Ward, who does like to line up man-to-man and is very good at it, but I don't think you can one-up Cooper Cup. I don't think anybody can do that unless your name is Deion Sanders. So I like the Rams, unfortunately, getting two points in this game, and guys, I think they win the game outright, which really, really sucks. You know, what are you going to do? Hey, Courtney, what's up, man? How's it going? I don't know. What do you think about your Eagles? I got it six and a half points is the line that I got. I think they win the game by enough. Um, I already picked them to win that game by seven, maybe 10 points, but six and a half is a lot of points, Courtney. I don't know. You got a thought on that? Always love to hear from the people. It's a tough one because Jacksonville's got firepower on offense now. It's something that we really didn't expect to see, but all of a sudden now, 
Trevor Lawrence looking like that number one overall pick. So, again, it's a game that I really, really wouldn't touch. You know, I don't love that game. There are other games I like a hell of a lot more. Um, yeah, I guess maybe my top games, Pittsburgh laying three, maybe three and a half. You got the line at plus the under in that game. I really like that. So that's one of my favorites right there. The Browns minus one. That's one of my favorites. So, so Courtney's saying the Eagles are going to win. But, okay, so you're saying that they basically hit the line at six points. Yeah, man, I can see that happening. That's why I'm not going to bet this game, Courtney. I'm not going to touch this one because it's six and a half. So, I mean, damn. Yeah, I mean, they have to win by a touchdown plus the extra point, which is not a given in the NFL anymore, as we know. So I I hear you. But I do like the Eagles to win no matter what's going to happen. I'll go with that. I don't know if you got any of your best bets in there. But, yeah, the Browns are definitely one of mine, like I said. Uh, The Ravens getting three at home, again, even against Buffalo, Courtney, I like that one. I, I like that. And I like also the over, which is 51 points. I could see this game being 38, 31, 38, 34, and maybe one team covers all by himself. I don't know. I don't know. But we got a few pretty good games on the docket over here. We'll see how it goes. And that Titans game against Indianapolis in Indy. Yeah. Plus three and a half points where this game probably comes down to a field goal. Either way, I'm going with the Titans in that one. That's one of my favorite bets over there of the week as well. So those are pretty much the ones that stand out to me the most. Um, and even the Packers, I know it's a lot of points, but I feel really comfortable laying that. I really do. And you know what? The Chiefs, only a half a point. Now, Tampa does have a really good defense, which, again, is something that you could reserve back. So I don't know about that. I'm Courtney saying about the Ravens-Bills. It's going to be a shootout, dude. I totally agree. It's definitely going to be a shootout. And I won't be shocked who wins either way. No way, one or the other. I got Buffalo winning by a field goal. I think my final score I picked was 34-31. So that game is definitely going over 51 points. But I'm not going to be shocked if the Ravens win. Dude, I picked Lamar Jackson as my MVP, and he's playing like it right now. And we're talking about two of the best players in the NFL going at it. But the thing about that is the Bills, they're really banged up in their secondary. And Lamar, he's going to get his chance to show off again that he's got a good arm and he's accurate. And if Duvernay and Bateman are going to be open, we know that Mark Andrews can get the job done. Yeah, we're gonna. Uh, that, that's a game I'm gonna tune in. I'm gonna need two TVs for Sunday. I need that game, and I also need NFL Red Zone, obviously, at the same time. That's gonna be probably the game of the day. I can't wait to see that one. That should have been a standalone game, but what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? So, hey, those are my best bets for this week. Uh, NFL betting line week number four. Again, I'm not saying do what I tell you to do. I'm not telling you to do anything. I'm giving you my opinion. So do not hold me accountable for giving my opinion. I don't want to hear it. All right, that's it. End of story. End of story. Done. So, hey, thanks for joining in. Power 32 podcast style. Guys, I wish you all the best of luck in your endeavors this Sunday and Monday night football. All right. We'll see how it goes. I know I'm putting my bets in. You guys know who I like. So, the sports prophet has spoken. Let's see if it will come to fruition this Sunday. 